Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus i protest against this extraordinary sit down says the judge pulling his bowie and laying it on his pulpit. I beg you to respect the court. So he done it. Then he called Bill Withers. Bill Withers swore and said, I was coming along about sundown, Saturday, September 2nd, by the prisoner's field, and my brother Jack was with me, and we seen a man toting off something heavy on his back and allowed it was a nigger stealing corn. We couldn't see distinct. Next we made out that it was one man carrying another, and the way it hung so kind of limp, we judged it was somebody that was drunk, and by the man's walk we said it was Parson Silas, and we judged he had found Sam Cooper drunk in the road, which he was always trying to reform him, and was toting him out of danger. It made the people shiver to think of poor old Uncle Silas toting off the diseased down to the place in his tobacco field where the dog dug up the body but there weren't much sympathy around amongst the faces, and I heard one cuss say, "'Tis the coldest-blooded work I ever struck, lugging a murdered man around like that, and going to bury him like an animal, and him a preacher at that." Tom, he went on thinking, and never took no notice. So our lawyer took the witness, and done the best he could, and it was plenty poor enough. Then Jack Withers, he come on the stand, and told the same tale, just like Bill done and after him comes Brace Dunlap, and he was looking very mournful and most crying, and there was a rustle and a stir all around, and everybody got ready to listen, and lots of the women folks said, Poor critter, poor critter, and you could see many of them wiping their eyes. Brace Dunlap sworn said, I was in considerable trouble a long time about my poor brother, but I reckon things weren't near so bad as he made out, and I couldn't make myself believe anybody would have the heart to hurt a poor harmless critter like that. By jings, I was sure I seen Tom give a kind of a faint little start, and then look disappointed again. And, you know, I couldn't think a preacher would hurt him. It weren't natural to think such an unlikely thing, so I never paid much attention. Now I shan't ever, ever forgive myself, for if I had a done different, my poor brother would be with me this day and not lying yonder murdered, and him so harmless. He kind of broke down there and choked up, and waited to get his voice, and people all around said the most pitiful things, and women cried, and it was very still in there and solemn, and old Uncle Silas, poor thing, he gave a groan right out so everybody heard him. Then Brace, he went on. Saturday, 
September 2nd, he didn't come home to supper. By and by, I got a little uneasy, and one of my niggers went over to this prisoner's place, but come back and said he weren't there. So I got uneasier and uneasier and couldn't rest. I went to bed, but I couldn't sleep, and turned out, away late in the night, and went wandering over to this prisoner's place and all around about there a good while, hoping I would run across my poor brother, never knowing he was out of his troubles and gone to a better shore. So he broke down and choked up again, and most all the women was crying now. Pretty soon he got another start and says, But there weren't no use. So at last I went home and tried to get some sleep, but couldn't. Well, in a day or two everybody was uneasy, and they got to talking about this prisoner's threats, and took to the idea, which I didn't take no stock in, that my brother was murdered, so they hunted around and tried to find his body, but couldn't, and give it up. And so I reckoned he was gone off summers to have a little peace, and would come back to us when his troubles was kind of healed. But late Saturday night, the ninth, Lem Beebe and Jim Lane come to my house and told me all— told me the whole awful assassination, and my heart was broke. And then I remembered something that hadn't took no hold of me at that time, because reports said this prisoner had took to walking in his sleep and doing all kinds of things of no consequence, not knowing what he was about. I will tell you what that thing was that come back into my memory. Away late that awful Saturday night when I was wandering around about this prisoner's place, grieving and troubled, I was down by the corner of the tobacco field, and I heard a sound like digging in a gritty soil, and I croped nearer and peeped through the vines that hung on the rail fence, and seen this prisoner shoveling, shoveling with a long-handled shovel, heaving earth into a big hole that was most filled up. His back was to me, but it was bright moonlight, and I knowed him by his old green bay's work-down with a splattery white patch in the middle of the back like somebody had hit him with a snowball. He was burying the man he murdered. And he slumped down in his chair crying and sobbing, and most everybody in the house busted out wailing and crying and saying, Oh, it's awful, awful horrible. And there was a most tremendous excitement, and, and you couldn't hear yourself think. And right in the midst of it up jumps old Uncle Silas, white as a sheet, and sings out, It's true, every word. I murdered him in cold blood. By Jackson, it petrified them. People rose up wild all over the house, straining and staring for a better look at him, and the judge was hammering with his mallet and the sheriff yelling, Order! Order in the court! Order! And all the while the old man stood there a-quaking and his eyes a-burning, and not looking at his wife and daughter, which was clinging to him and begging him to keep still but pawing them off with his hands and saying he would clear his black soul from crime he would heave off this load that was more than he could bear and he wouldn't bear it another hour and then he raged right along with his awful tale everybody staring and gasping judge jury lawyers and everybody and benny and aunt sally crying their hearts out and by george tom sawyer never looked at him once never once, just sat there gazing with all his eyes at something else I couldn't tell what. And so the old man raged right along, 
pouring his words out like a stream of fire i killed him i am guilty but i never had the notion in my life to hurt him or harm him spite of all them lies about my threatening him till the very minute i raised the club then my heart went cold then the pity all went out of it and i struck to kill in that one moment all my wrongs come into my mind all the insults that that man and the scoundrel his brother there had put upon me and how they laid in together to ruin me with the people and take away my good name and drive me to some deed that would destroy me and my family that hadn't ever done them no harm so help me god and they'd done it in a mean revenge for why because my innocent pure girl here at my side wouldn't marry that rich insolent ignorant coward brace dunlap who's been sniveling here over a brother he never cared a brace farthing for i see tom give a jump and look glad this time to a dead certainty and in that moment i've told you about i forgot my god and remembered only my heart's bitterness god forgive me and i struck to kill in one second i was miserably sorry oh filled with remorse but i thought of my poor family and i must hide what i'd done for their sakes and i did hide that corpse in the bushes and presently i carried it to the tobacco field and in the deep night i went with my shovel and buried it where up jumps tom and shouts now i've got it and waves his hand oh ever so fine and starchy towards the old man and says sit down a murder was done but you never had no hand in it well sir you could heard a pin drop and the old man he sunk down kind of bewildered in his seat and aunt sally and benny didn't know it because they was so astonished and staring at tom with their mouths open and not knowing what they was about and the whole house the same i never seen people look so helpless and tangled up and i hain't ever seen eyes bug out and gaze without a blink the way theirn did tom says perfectly calm your honor may i speak for goodness sakes yes go on says the judge so astonished and mixed up he didn't know what he was about hardly then tom he stood there and waited a second or two that was to work up an effect as he calls it then he started in just as calm as ever and says for about 